Welcome to Home But Not Alone with Tim and Sarah, where we talk about real life as a stay-at-home Catholic parent. If it's noon and you're still in your pajamas, have reheated your coffee three times, and tried to pray but got distracted, this is the place for you. Life is crazy, but through it all, remember, you're never alone. You've got God's grace and our friendship coming your way. Today on Home But Not Alone, we're going to have a homeschool Q&A. Tim has all the questions, and I have all the answers. Just kidding. I don't really have all the answers, but I can tell you how I would answer the questions that you might ask, even though probably every homeschool that you ask would have different answers. I don't know if that makes sense, but today's sponsor is Corda Candles. You can find their shop at cordacandles.com. Hey, Tim. Hey, Sarah. What have you got on your desk today? So I have this candle from Corda Candles, and um, let me tell you, it's uh, I'm reading the bottom of it, and it says, Handmade in Kansas City, Missouri, CordaCandles.com. There's so much information I didn't even realize it's on the bottom. that it's. I didn't yeah. realize that either. I actually yeah. just took mine out of the box. Oh. It's really nice because it has, like, all this soft, fluffy packaging, the little packaging in the box, and then the candle's so cute in there. So mine is called... Um, Battle Cry, and it's inspired by St. Michael the Archangel. And I'm actually going to open it right now. I haven't opened it yet. Ooh. Oh, and it smells amazing. It says, Celestial scents of spices, sandalwood, and incense are inspired by Michael the Archangel. So proudly made by hand with an in the heartland with an all-natural coconut wax blend. Okay, so these are really, really nice. I love candles, and I just, I love the smell of incense. I know that some people don't. But I really do, and my husband loves it as well. And it's just one of those things, it makes me feel like more prayerful and maybe more connected to God. And I don't know, it kind of brings me to that. When I was a kid, we used to go to these first Saturdays, and they would fill up the chapel with incense. And it, it was like, whoo, your head starts to spin, and you almost feel like you're in heaven. Okay, I don't like that much incense, but I think that this candle... Is the perfect blend. And if you look on their website, that's cordacandles.com. They have so many different um, saint-inspired candles. So they have Alpine Ascent that's inspired by Pierre Giorgio Frassati, uh, the Carpenter Shop that's inspired by Joseph the Worker. Ooh, Compline. I wonder what that one smells like. That's inspired like for night prayer. That sounds really relaxing. Yeah. That one says uh, Dark Amber, Vanilla, and Lavender. Ooh, that sounds good. So they have so many different amazing options on cordacandles.com. <laughs> C-O-R-D-A, Corda Candles, for these saint-inspired, handmade, amazing candles. They also have tips. They got they have tips that came with the candles, and it's uh, tips for how to properly manage candles and, you know, to get them to last longer and to all these. I'm like, oh, my gosh, things I didn't know about candles. What this am I doing? good to know. I usually just strike the match and burn it, so I'm going to have to yeah, follow these next Exactly. Time. <laughs> yeah. And it can make it last longer because of that. And they can... Perfect. Uh, yeah. All right. That's awesome. Okay. Well, there we go. So today we're going to do this uh, this Q&A about uh, homeschooling. So my uh, my bride and I, we, we've talked about it and we are inclined towards homeschooling. Uh, I, I worked as a youth minister and was very involved in the Catholic school system. And in many ways, I like it. And then there are the things that I wasn't so thrilled with or that I, you know, like the, the cost was always a, a, a challenge. Um, and, you know, for other reasons, we're just we're inclined toward uh, homeschooling. But I always grew up with this mentality that the homeschoolers were the weird kids 
who like put <laughs> like mustard on saltine crackers and would sit there and eat them and be like, I, I, I read books at the library and then just like didn't know how to have a conversation with other people and never went out of the house. And so do you, first of all, are, are homeschoolers weird like that? And do you, do you get out of the house or are you just always locked into this building like, like prisoners in a cult and do you do all your educating at at home or or do you do you go out into the world and learn stuff like how's how's that all this is so funny that you have such like a creepy view of what homeschoolers are but like you still want to do it oh my gosh i fully (laughs) intend on making fun of my kids for being homeschoolers while homeschooling them that is funny that's too funny well okay so uh, as far as doing all of our education at home i guess it depends on what you mean by education um so i'd first of all say that Personally, yes, we spend a lot of time in our home and I do limit our time outside of the home. So, for example, things like ballet or organized sports that happen in the afternoon and weekends like soccer or basketball. We don't do that stuff um, just because I can't be running in a thousand different directions. That's just me. That's just my personal decision. We don't do every library time. We don't do every free program in our community. Some wait, people... a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're <laughs> telling me it's OK for a parent to say their child can't do 300 activities a week yes it's okay (laughs) and it is good if you choose to do that it's a good thing (laughs) i've heard i've heard so many parents who are like oh just wait it's the worst and i'm like then don't do it then don't parent right right and i know that personally like for me getting out of the house fills me with stress and anxiety and i become like this mommy monster and i'm like everybody got your shoes on (laughs) and i'm like i cannot do this unnecessarily so i don't fill our schedules with things that make us feel that way so we spend a lot of time in the home but then we also do spend our like intentional time outside of the home so like one day a week we go to our catholic homeschool co-op where we see our other homeschool friends so if any was betty was worrying that homeschool kids are not socialized like we are but maybe you just don't do it the same way that we do it um but for us um that's not exactly part of our curriculum like formal education but we do extra things for some people they do do a co-op that's like part of their education get some of those necessary um classes in there um but yeah and sometimes you know i take my kids to visit the elderly in nursing homes and okay so here's the thing you might some people think that homeschool kids are weird and sometimes they are like sometimes they're quirky uh, but i don't necessarily think that that's from homeschooling i think that sometimes maybe the kids who are quirky have a good reason to homeschool because they're different from mainstream kids. Perhaps they've been bullied in school. They're rejected by the kids, you know, that they go to school with. And if they don't, you know, if they're just being themselves, you know, not being bad, just being quirky and kind of unique in themselves and their peers in school aren't accepting them and are making fun of them, making fun of them. Well, why not just homeschool them, give them the best education you can give them at home and allow them to be who they're going to be. So sure, you might find some extra quirky kids who homeschool, but it might not necessarily be because they homeschool. It might just be because the homeschool community accepts them more. So that's where they choose to be. Well, and you know what? I, we need to do a better job of, of fostering quirkiness and creativeness and all these sorts of things. Because we really, I think I, I've heard people and I'm not an expert on education. But I've heard people describe our education system as being very much like the assembly line from uh, yeah. that, you know, Henry Ford cultivated. OK, you learn A, then you learn B, then you learn C. And you have to keep up with the class. You can't be slower or faster. 
you, uh, you you have to do it in this order. Whereas a lot of uh, a lot of young people, that's not how their mind works. That's not right. how they learn best. And so we're not putting them in the best uh, situation, despite having phenomenal teachers who work very hard. Yes. It's, it's a yes. problematic structure. And I mean, for- schools do the best that they can. But like you said, it's like putting kids in a box. So when you send your yes. kids to school, they go and they're going to sit in the classroom with kids who are all the same age as them. You know, they're all supposed to be covering the same material. They're all supposed to be on the same yeah. level. Um, but and so, like I mentioned, our homeschool co-op, when we go to the co-op, our kids are interacting with kids of all different ages, younger kids, older kids, adults, elderly people. And I would actually argue that because homeschool children end up in these more like, you know, mixed communities with people of all different, they're not like in this one little box community of people all their same age. I would argue that they are better at socializing, but maybe people just don't see it because they are not, you know, on the same plane as all the kids who are the same age in one classroom. Well, I don't know if that makes sense. You want to talk weird or quirky? Yeah, you want to talk weird or quirky? I was just putting on ski goggles while I was sitting here because I thought, ooh, ski goggles. And I put them on while listening to you and looked at a uh, an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I was like, ooh, it's a different color with the goggles on. I- You're going to fit in just perfectly <laughs> in the homeschooling groups. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've always been a little weird. I'm okay with that. It's Yeah, nice. it's okay. Made me a successful youth minister and, you know, at running Chase Love and all these things. So, okay, another question I have. So I've heard people say repeatedly, homeschooling is a lot of work. And they always emphasize this difficulty, almost to a point of, like, trying to scare people away. Like, this is too hard. Don't do it. And, like, I get that it's challenging, but... Is it as difficult as people perhaps make it seem? Like, are there are there these big disadvantages to homeschooling? Are there big, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want this to all come off as, oh, homeschooling's perfect and other forms of right. schooling are wrong. No, everybody, no, 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 it no. works for different families in different ways. Which right. Is why, but um, I, this is a good opportunity, I think, for us to debunk some misunderstandings, some stereotypes or whatever. But yes. um, Well, do you think parenting is difficult? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> homeschooling is basically continuing to parent your children 24-7 and also adding school on top of the mix. So if parenting is difficult, homeschooling is also going to be difficult. It's another aspect of parenting, you know, adding on the education on your own. So yeah, I can't deny that it's really a challenge sometimes. Um, And there's a lot of self-doubt. There's some stigma against it. There's a bit of loneliness because you're in your house with your children all day. (laughs) Um, And there are practical difficulties. Like you have your kids in your home making a mess all day. Like when I was a kid, we went to public school. So my mom could do things like um, have a cleaning day or go out to the grocery store with just the babies. But when you're homeschooling, you have all of your kids of all ages, all the time in your house. So yes, they're, one of them's making a mess while you're teaching the other one math. And then one of them's crying because he needs a nap, but you're teaching this one grammar or whatever it is. Um, so, but it's, I mean, it's just parenting, but all the time for every age. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I guess I would say you don't have to drown in it, though. Um, One person said to me, and I always like think of this when I'm having a hard moment now. She said to me, you don't have to drown in a puddle. And I was like, you're right. I don't have to drown in a puddle. Like, the house is a mess. It's okay. We can clean it up 
when we get to it. Just, I would say, you know, it's going to be hard. Like, every good thing that we do is going to have some challenges and some trade-offs. Um, but just be at peace and don't be so hard on yourselves. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> okay. Hey! You may have to choose between making dinner and finishing a project with your kids. It's okay if they have to eat dino nuggets or a veggie platter for dinner. We have to be willing to make the sacrifices that it takes if we choose to homeschool. There are certain sacrifices that come, you know, that's going to make housekeeping or parenting a little harder. And you just have to accept that and realize that you don't have to drown in it and you don't have to do it all. So, yeah, bottom line is it's hard, but don't be scared. Okay. Okay. Now, next question. How how much time do you put into actually uh, preparing lessons, if you would, or, or how does it, that happen? Because I've always seen, you know, I see... I've seen teachers for years and they, they, they plan out the lesson and then they present and they got to do all the grading and they got to do all the, you know, all of these different things. And it seems like they're working, you know, 10 hours a day, uh, five days a week, six days a week for, for 10 months a year um, to educate these kids and just to put in the prep and, and everything. How do you go about that? Well, <laughs> I can be a nut about this sometimes, and I've actually kind of relaxed a little over the last few years about this. Uh, so I <laughs> I have a background in education, and I taught in high school for a few years, and I had like 140 students. And the grading is way more difficult when you have that many students, but the planning, like you're only planning for a few classes, and then you use those plans over and over. But for homeschool, there's way less grading. Like you don't even have to grade at all if you want. Just, you know, you know what your kid is doing and you watch their progress. If you just want to slap a grade on it, you can, but you don't have to. But the planning, you have every like five subjects per kid or however many subjects per kid. So there can be a lot more planning and I love planning curriculum. So I have spent entire summers like writing out lesson plans for myself to use with my kids. But like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to be a psycho like me. You, <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of a cat, like homeschool curriculum and homeschool programs that lay it out for you or that just kind of say, Go at your own pace. I mean, there's there's ones that say go at your own pace and finish when you finish. And then there's ones like Colby Academy is one that I've used in the past that has daily lesson plans for you. So you don't have to do any planning. You just look oh, at it wow. at the beginning of the week. You know what you have to do. And you basically don't have to do any planning. You just know what you're going to do. And you spend like maybe an hour on Sunday afternoon getting all your things in order. And that's it. So you can really spend as much or as little time as you want on planning depending on how crazy you are. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. That's good to know. So um, obviously most parents send their kids to a more traditional school. And I've, I've heard parents complain. I've, I've been told, oh, when your kids get old enough, just always, always keep, uh, keep cash around because you're always going to have to, to, you know, be throwing money at for this or that, you know, $10 for a, a class gift to the teacher, 20 for some fundraiser, or, you know, uh, $40 for a, a field trip, whatever, whatever it may be, there's, there's always this money, uh, that I feel like is being thrown out there, but you know, also, you know, wait, so are you saying that that aspect is not there in homeschooling? Is that what you're asking? Uh, that's what I'm asking. Is that something, you know, like, cause you're, you're not, 
I guess in a traditional school, you have a system where it's kind of expected. Everybody's, hey, everybody kick in for the teacher. And if, you know, you're not going to be right. the one person who sits out and does it. Right. Um, but, well, I mean, obviously you're the teacher. So if you want to yeah. buy yourself a gift, you can. <laughs> sure. Obviously. <laughs> Uh, well, there's different costs. So like if you go, like if you send your kids to public school, they're going to give them all their books and their workbooks and everything. So like their curriculum and their materials is provided by the school. Sure. Uh, so there's no cost there. But for homeschool, you have to provide your own curriculum. So I think there's a cost maybe in a different place. So you have to buy your own books or your own online classes or whatever it is that you're going to use. You have to put the money up front for that. But I mean, I guess if you send your kids to a Catholic school, um, there's the tuition that you have to pay. So it really depends on, it's really hard to compare because it depends on what you're comparing between just like sending your kids to the public school where it's already funded, or is it between, you know, Catholic school tuition and your homeschool cost of materials, um, and then any extras you choose to do. So like I said, I don't do like the ballet, the soccer, but some people do choose to do those things and or maybe do a co-op. Sometimes there's extra costs that come with a co-op um, and any other, you know, extras that you might want to add on. Those could add up costs. Okay. Yeah. And I think this is where it comes down to the idea of it, it really depends on <laughs> what's best for the particular family. I mean, would you say that this is this is one of those things where, okay, yeah, public school has its costs depending on what's going on with that. Right. Uh, Catholic school or other private schools as well, homeschool. So everything has its own cost and its own yep. different things. So that that really, I assume, is part of what helps people helps shape the decision that's made. Right. right. And you can do your research and you can budget it. Like you can buy just, you can just say, well, I'm just going to buy all, you know, used curriculum and, and cut down my costs. Or you could say, well, I'm going to enroll my kid in five online classes and you could basically be paying a Catholic school tuition. It really depends on what your budget and what your goals and, and what your decisions are for you and your kids. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, okay. So, um, like, what I keep thinking about in regards to to homeschooling is parent-teacher conferences, because when I was a kid, that was a big thing where it was like, okay, you're going to either be in trouble the next day or you're going to be not in trouble. Or in my case, it was always, hey, you can do a little better, which was always true. I spent most of my childhood not doing as well as I could. Um, and the uh, I believe my father referred to himself as being a day late and a dollar short when it came to a lot of schooling. And I think for me, when I was a kid, that was that was a good way to describe it. But I would think about parent-teacher conferences. And then I think about, uh, about homeschooling. And I'm like, okay, so what is that? Sitting around with your spouse, having a glass of wine, you know, talking about the kids, like, hey, this one's being successful. Hey, that one, not so much. Like, you can't bring wine to a parent-teacher conference at a public school. <laughs> no, you um, can't. Pretty sure you're going to get in trouble for that. But well, Parent-teacher conferences at school happen, what, like, maybe twice a year or maybe maybe like quarterly or something like that. Sure. And I feel like, you know, again, as my short experience as a teacher in public school, parent teacher conferences were just like full of surprises. Like the parents maybe had no clue about how their child was doing across the board. And it's like, you come and it's like, surprise, your child hasn't turned in a single homework assignment and, you know, won't write down any answers on their test. Like there are no surprises. 
in homeschool because you know every single day how your child is doing on their work because you're right there monitoring it all. Um, but again, it's not like your child is trying to keep up with a class full of children. I mean, unless you do online classes who are all supposed to be moving at the same pace. Um, so it is, it's more of a like continual discernment process than like a surprise. Your child is so far behind kind of process. There's not really any behind when it comes to homeschool. I mean, unless we're talking about like learning disabilities or something where, you know, the child needs some help with something like that. But, you know, children go at their own pace. So um, especially for us, we've had a lot of discernment um, with one of our kids in particular about the pace that the the child is learning how to read. And most of all, it's just like encouraging each other that it's okay. The child can go at their own pace and they're going to learn when they're going to read. They're going to learn to read when they learn it. And what sort of things do we need to do to help them? So I feel like it's, it's a lot more encouraging and less of like that big shock or surprise. But yeah, it's definitely more of a continual discernment than, than like a scary parent teacher conference. <laughs> well, that's, you know what, I, I like, I like that way of thinking and that it's a, a continual and you're, you're always aware because I, I bet there are a lot of parents out there, as you said, they're, that struggle with, you know, being aware of what is going on always at school because, well, they're not there. And, and the there's teacher, not very good communication between schools and parents. Yeah. I think there's, that's got to be a, that has to be a challenge. I think there's so many challenges facing schools today. I was, I was yeah suggesting to someone the other day, I said, you know, you deal with, especially in a public school system, you're dealing with people coming from different religious backgrounds, different uh, family dynamics, different, yeah. all kinds of different things where, you know, they, it, the teacher has to spend a lot of time balancing these different social aspects of, okay, we need to make sure people are being respected. We need to make sure that, that this isn't taking precedent or whatever it is. And so there's, there's a lot of different challenges there. And I've even found with some of the some of the Catholic school schools, and there are some fantastic Catholic schools out there. But sometimes the preference, or not the preference, the emphasis seems to be more on competing academically with mm. other schools than it is on, say, the faith. And to sure. one, from one uh, perspective, I understand that because the parents are supposed to be the primary educators of the faith. And so it's difficult to say, well, how come the school isn't doing more? Well, yeah. the school also has to teach them algebra. <laughs> yes. And that's that's not easy either. So let's, you know, let's cut good educators a break. And yes. uh, so I, that's something that, that just always struck me. I wanted to, to circle back to something that we talked about earlier um, about getting out of the house. So I looked this up and this sure. is <laughs> it's not my only concern, I promise. Uh, but I looked, I looked something up uh, a couple of years ago because I wanted to get a better understanding of the rules behind certain things. And I didn't realize this at the time that state by state rules and regulations are different depending or, you know, for what they require for homeschooling. Yep. And actually, in the I don't know if this is true, how many places this is true, but in Missouri, where I live, if I take the kids to mass, as long as there's a homily, it can count essentially as an elective. It can count as a you know as part of their education or. Um, taking them to the park for a little bit can count as essentially gym class. And I thought, oh, that's fascinating to me because I always pictured homeschool as just sitting at the table and, you know, at your house, 
doing the work that mom or dad prepared for you. And so do you ever go on little, for lack of a better term, field trips? Do you ever venture out of the house or? Personally, I hate field trips and that's just me you know like i don't like the stress of getting out of the house but some people love it some people do more field trips i just don't but i love that you brought up that the different states have different regulations um because we moved like a year and a half ago now we moved from connecticut to new york so i looked at the little map i think it was on hslda they have this little color coded map that tells you like the best and the worst states for homeschooling like easiest and hardest i guess i should say like depending on the laws and connecticut was like one of the best states so when we were in home homeschooling in connecticut literally nobody knew that we existed like i did not have to write a letter to the board of education telling them that we were homeschooling you know i didn't have to send in any documentation nothing like nobody knew we were totally off their radar which for us was a good thing because I knew what I wanted to do and like what curriculum I wanted to do like I had it all under control and very organized very planned but it can be a bad thing like having so few regulations because then people can get away with not teaching their children and I've actually witnessed that happening so then I went from there we moved from there to New York which is like a red state it is one of the worst states you know for as far as regulations and stuff. And I was so stressed. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's going to be so many requirements and reporting. It's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like we have to send in quarterly reports and like this paperwork telling them what to do. But our, our um, like our school district has been really good working with us. Um, but it was stressful, like looking at the map and trying to figure out like which states is it okay for me to homeschool in. Thankfully it's legal in all of them still so far. Yeah. Well, now last question for you. What, okay. what is your, what's your favorite part about homeschooling because I'm sure there are difficult things, but what are, what are your, what is your favorite part? Oh, my favorite part is that my kids have time to just be kids. Um, a lot of times we like to watch the buses drive by at like four o'clock in the afternoon and my kids are just at home playing, you know, their schoolwork is done, their tasks are done for the day and they have time to just be kids. Um, you know, we get, if they, sometimes it takes them forever to do their schoolwork because they're not cooperating. But if, if we have a really good day, you know, we get all our tasks done, like our, our formal education and they have time to read or pretend to play or explore the things that they want to explore. Um, and we have time to do that. So that's what I love the most, I think. Just having that freedom, <laughs> having that freedom to to be who we are as a family. And you know what? That's a, that's a great place for us to stop. And you know what we'll do is next time we'll talk about the actual schedule, like what a day in the life of a homeschool family is like. So let's call it now and we'll do that. Uh, we'll talk about that one next time. So thanks for listening. And again, thanks to Corda Candles for sponsoring this episode. Check out cordacandles.com and join us next time for a day in the life of a homeschool family. If you could, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with other people, leave reviews and ratings and follow and like us on social media. Whatever you can do, we appreciate the support. Sarah, where can people find you? 
at ToJesusSincerely.com or on social media at ToJesusSincerely. And you can find me at ChasteLove.org or at the Chaste Love on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, make sure you wear extra thick socks when it's cold. Not for warmth, but to wipe up spills without having to bend over. And remember, you're never alone. <laughs>